You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 69 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, and we thought we would do something a little, I don't know, funny maybe today, (laughs) (laughs) and share our journey as writers, you know, the good and the bad stuff, and hopefully that'll be useful to your dear listeners, and uh, I don't know, maybe... Maybe a few laughs along the way. Hopefully. We'll see how this goes. At least say it's a little personal getting to know us in a different way. And, you know, the realistic story of two authors and what have been the highs and the lows of our journey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's focus on the highs. But, you know, there's some lows, too. Yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so nice, nice and cozy that I I can sort of hear the woods uh, crackling in the background. It sounds so cozy. It is. Well, it's a nice rainy day here in Vermont, and I'm in my cabin. I've got the wood stove going. I actually have, um, of course, you don't eat meat, but I've got a, a little brisket of corned beef on the wood stove simmering away, and okay. I can look out um, at the rain and it's falling on the pond and the stream, which has a little some trickly waterfall through stone so yeah this is pretty much my quarantine haven and heaven over here it doesn't sound too bad no no, it's a tiny tiny house and a tiny tiny cabin um i think ideally if it wasn't uh if we didn't have the support of the main house which you know it's about a thousand fifteen hundred feet through the woods is a main house where we Uh get access to you know we can use some we're doing some storage in the basement especially now with like we have extra food supplies and i'm using her freezer Uh, they have a spare freezer so we've got some space over there but if it wasn't for that this is a little bit too small i'd want another 20 or 50 100 square feet to be my minimum ideal size but you know what in many ways it is just quiet and pleasant and especially being almost done. I've done some building shelves and stuff. I'm so close to finishing the inside. I can I can taste it. So I'm very excited. <laughs> but I can't remember, did you have to go to the house to use the toilet and the showers and stuff? You you have to, right? Well, we officially, we only have to go there now for the shower. We have the, the composting toilet and everything hooked up in the cabin. So we're pretty self-sufficient oh, okay. except for showers. Um, unless you want a really cold bath, you can jump in the stream. Otherwise, <laughs> I prefer going to the sauna and house with the shower. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. So how? Well, at least then, because then you don't have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the house to you know use the toilet or something. That's horrible. Yes, that would. We did that a few times when we um, when we rented uh, summer cabins Uh, in Finland. You know, because they Finland is also like huge country, so a lot of the summer cabins they they don't have like toilets and stuff like that like running water uh-huh. and stuff so uh, a lot of the time it's like this outhouse where there's a toilet out there full of mosquitoes and shit and then you have to go out there in the middle of the night if you have to go to the toilet is i hate it i hate it so bad <laughs> well it is said with the modern things like the composting toilets um that are available and this one's one that you could use yeah. on a ship it's like seriously this is not that hard to fix things up to um 
have it all inside and pretty, pretty, you know, clean and hygienic and usable. It's so nice. Yeah, indeed. So how else are things on your side of the ocean? Well, uh, it's 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 just a bit kind of quiet. I, I mean, well, it depends. It depends, I guess. Uh, you could say if you're looking in the media, everything is going crazy. It's not quiet at all, right? right. But uh, self-quarantined at home and you don't see any people. You, you're just sort of uh, sitting in the office most of the day doing writing and work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, in the afternoon, sitting and watching Netflix and stuff like that. It's just like... <laughs> It's you know if you when when you're not out and about like you normally are, it's amazing how you know little actually happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you're just at home. Yeah. That's it. I, to me, yeah. it's amazingly. I've always been good, even well, you know, while we're traveling and as a full time author, I've always been good about pretty much knowing the days of the week. But there's been a few times the last week that I've been like, is it Thursday? Oh no, it's Monday. Or oh no, it's Sunday. It's just like, I usually know, but for some reason now that the entire world is off the normal work week, I don't have a clue what day it is no. anymore. No, that's, that's what happens. Right. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's also why yesterday evening, um, I watched a movie on Netflix called wind river. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have, do you know I it? I don't think I know that one. No, it's probably not. I don't know. It's probably not that uh, main, oh, not mainstream, but it's probably not that well known. I guess I should call it instead. But it, it's like it's a it's a murder mystery from 2017. Um, so it's like a U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service tracker and then oh. an, an FBI agent who teams up to solve a murder on the Wind River Indian Reservation oh, in Wyoming. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's actually it's it's like it's a cool setting. Uh, I like it because it you know it has all the wintry theme stuff, so it's not easy to get around. They they can't easily get help from the outside and all that. So I I quite like that when you pin the characters into a setting where they can't just easily get help. <laughs> so so that's pretty cool. Uh, and I also think that the character motivations are pretty good in it. Mm. You know the for example the 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 murder that that they're trying to solve is is of a young Indian woman who was is, who is murdered there. But it then turns out that the uh, Fish and Wildlife Service tracker there, he's he also lost his own daughter. Oh. So there is a good, good character motivation for why he wants to help with it. Um, so he's trying to, to help the... FBI agent solve it, so it's it's pretty good. Mm. Um, but I would say as well that there is a lesson in there about trying to understand the tropes of the genre. Oh no, really? <laughs> yeah, because it's like, I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody who wants to watch it. But towards the end of the movie, it turns into like a shoot everything up kind of oh. thing, where you know. When you're getting into the last 20 minutes of a like a murder mystery uh-huh. movie, I'm sort of expecting that there's going to be a big revelation or plot twist or yeah, something. Like that, that's sort of what you normally would expect uh, in the in this genre. Uh, but so it, it was not a bad movie or anything. But but the ending just annoyed me somewhat oh. because it was like 
all of a sudden it just goes crazy and everybody starts shooting. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to do like a genre mashup mm-hmm. thing, I think that's absolutely fine. But then you need to start doing it from the beginning. So you sort of understand all the way through the movie that, okay, or, or if, if in our case, we're writing books, like, so you make the reader understand from the beginning what type of books it, book this is or what kind of movie it is, right? You shouldn't, wait until the end and then all of a sudden it turns into something completely different. Yeah, mashup usually means, you know, mixed up from the beginning, not a front end and a back end that's completely different. <laughs> yeah, it was like a one hour, 45 minutes movie and everything along the way was, you know, standard mis- you know, mystery murder solving stuff. Uh-huh. There was nothing weird at all. And then the last 20 minutes, it just goes completely crazy. <laughs> It becomes a and cowboy like, shoot 'em up sort of thing. Sounds like yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody starts shooting at each other, and and it's not le- really like any revelation to figure out who the killer is because it just comes out with all the shooting stuff, and it's like what? okay, yeah. I mean, it's not a bad movie. It, it, I make it sound really bad. I mean, it was not bad. It was it was okay, but but the, the I was just not a fan of the ending there, and I. I don't know. I think that was a lesson for us writers there, you know. <laughs> Be careful with the uh, expectations of the genre and uh, if you want to break it fine, but at least set that expectation from the get-go then. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy podcast. So, Autumn, you created a poll on the Facebook group uh, about a possible short course yeah. that we could uh, create for people now that the COVID-19 self-quarantine is ongoing. Uh, and I was thinking we could talk a bit about that. That sounds great. And that was, yes, we there's so many people stuck at home. And I mean, you can either read the news and just feel more and more paranoid, panicked and depressed, or you can do something with all this suddenly available time. And you and I are definitely the more of the do something with it crowd. So we thought we'd help <laughs> out some other people. We're adding more tasks to our our, our oh. endless to-do list. That's I don't know how smart that is. I but know. Anyway. I feel the weight. It's teetering. <laughs> I've got to add some yeah. more supports, I think. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, but I was in checking on the result earlier today um, on that poll that you created. Because basically what, what we did was that we made a poll and said, okay, if we're going to write, or, or no, sorry, not write, but if we're going to teach a very like quick, short course, what would people's favorite topic be? And you put in some different uh, options for people to vote on, but also allowed them to... Um, to add their own topics if they yes, wanted. Which I don't think the uh, all I the think above. I came in like two days later. Yeah. Was, no, yeah, then there was some who was a parent who so. cheated and said, oh, I want all the above. That's so cheating. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But uh, I think I came in like two days later and then I added my fantasy map making option. Oh, but yeah. I think so many votes had already been cast at that point, so it was too late. Damn. <laughs> I thought I had that in there from the beginning. I thought I had something about map making, but maybe I was wrong. You had well. Oh shoot! Oh, it's probably well, you know. You think one thing and add the other. <laughs> yeah, well, so we had the character development, we had the plot and story development, world building, and then I added map making, and Perry added everything. <laughs> so, cheater. Uh, uh, but I, <laughs> but I was in checking the results today, as I said, and there was actually twice as many votes on a course about character development. Versus number two, which was on plot and story development. Interesting. To me, that is very interesting. I don't know if I would have guessed on character development. I just kind of threw no, that one I in there. I wouldn't have either. Yeah, but obviously uh, 
authors are interested in that. So that sounds like it's might be one we have to look into. Yeah, the people have spoken. Yes. <laughs> That's a quite decisive result. So uh, we are, of course, recording this episode that you're listening to now ahead of time. So this also means that we are going to set up a page from where people can sign up for this course that uh, we are then going to create yeah, maybe, maybe on character development. And why I'm saying maybe is because we are only going to create it if we get enough sign ups. Otherwise, we will not spend our time on it. Um, so by the time you're listening to this episode, all of this has already happened, most likely. <laughs> Let's hope. Uh, which means that, uh, yeah, which means that you'll you'll have seen a short, very short, like a few minutes long bonus episode pop up on the podcast feed where I explained all the details um, about how to sign up and all that stuff. So you probably already listened to that, and hopefully, if you already signed up as well, uh, so. I don't know uh, <laughs> if we're going to be that fast or not, but that's my assumption for now. <laughs> so we'll see uh, if we get enough signups. We, we discussed, Autumn and I, that we, least, we need at least 20 signups. Yeah. Otherwise, we're not going to go ahead. Uh, so, but I guess, you know, these times of self-quarantine, it, it's just a good time to, to learn. You know, people have the time at home yeah, nowadays. I think it's a great, great thing. I mean, goodness sakes, I have... Uh so many little mini courses I've started and I want to get back to and I just keep building things. So eventually I'm going to finish this cabin. I'm just going to enjoy writing and creating on am writing fantasy and maybe taking a few courses of my own. Yeah. Why not? Why not? All right. Anything else we need to share before we move on? No, other than, you know, stay safe out there and well, let's go learn something about uh, how we became authors, the highs and the lows. And on to today's topic. All right. So, yeah, highs and lows. <laughs> uh, I, I actually tried to prepare like three good items and three bad oh, items. But you're organized. In truth, the final one that became both, both a good and a bad. Uh-huh. So it's like a blessing and a curse wrapped in one. Okay, that sounds very <laughs> fair. Well, yeah. I will, since you're organized, I will come up with the same thing, but I will do my usual of winging it. But I'll let you go first, But because I can definitely think of two <laughs> good things that definitely have inspired me, but maybe one of yours will inspire my third. Okay, so do you want to alternate? Yeah, let's alternate. Okay. Um, so my first, should we start with the good ones? Are we going to go one good, one bad, one good, one bad? I think we should, yeah, we should alternate the whole way through. So good, bad, good, bad. And okay. also between the two of us. <laughs> okay. Okay. So just be mindful. Then I have two good ones. I have two bad ones. And then the, the last one is, uh, is a mixture of the two. Sounds fair. Sounds fair. <laughs> well, that, that was the only way I could. <laughs> That'll be an I, interesting, I I'm think. trying to think what would be a mixture. So it'll be fun. Um, I guess yeah, there is one. You can guess it. Yeah. You can think about it now and then. Oh. And then before I reveal it, I'll ask you what you think it okay, is. Okay, this will be a tough one. <laughs> oh, that's mean. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be impossible. <laughs> Probably. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay. My first good mm-hmm. one. Um, I actually talked a bit about this in a, in a past episode. Uh-huh. But I think the really good thing I did was that I decided to only listen to one single critique partner when I started out because that's right. I talked about it a bit in the, in the past as well. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't know 
I mean, maybe everything would have worked out fine anyway, but but I, I'm just not sure how things would have ended up if I have done the either the like a uh, full critique group kind of uh, thing mm-hmm. where you're getting a ton of, not a ton of people, but <laughs> maybe five, six people giving you feedback on your manuscript and all the contradictory information that you will be getting from people and trying to take into that into mm-hmm. account when I don't even know myself starting out what is right or what is wrong. Or I think, I think it would have been a bit of a mess and might have ended up making things take a lot longer to get completed because of it. Uh, And and then I guess there's some luck in this one as well, because I was lucky that the critique partner actually was, he was good at it. You know, he he was good at explaining what it was that was wrong with my writing, what I could do it differently. He gave me some examples once in a while, say, well, not that he wrote anything for me, but sometimes he just wrote a line just saying what, you know, what if you did like this? And and I still distinctly remember at some point, uh, especially with the beginning of the novel, mm-hmm. I was trying to write it and he, keep t- he kept telling me, well, this is telling, not showing. And he kept saying that. I rewrote <laughs> and he, sa- he sent me back a note and said, you're still telling? I was like, really? Okay. I re- wrote again. And I think this happened 10 times. I got the same response every time. And I was like, okay, I'm lost. I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> um, and then he said, okay, um, what if it went something like this? And he, I think he just wrote a single paragraph or something. And then I still remember as soon as I read it, it just sort of clicked in place in my mind. Oh, that's fantastic. And I was like, oh, I got it. (laughs) Now I see. And it was so weird because when it clicked in, in place for me, it always felt a bit stupid as well at the same time because, it, you know, I read tons of books. I mean, there, there was nothing in what he sent me that you don't read in any book anyway. Mm-hmm. But but there was just something because I was in the middle of the process and he was telling me in in a reflection directly linked to the story that I was telling that just made it click. Whereas when I was just reading other people's books, it, it just wasn't as obvious. I don't know. Yeah. It, it was just, I, I just couldn't get, I just didn't understand how how to tell the story without it just being like, here's an info dump of text where I'll tell you about the world and whatnot, right? The, the famous fantasy problems. Yes. Um, well, I think that's a, so, yeah. yeah, that's a typical one. I think for a lot of new authors to, we could do a whole episode on what the difference of show that, what that really means. So we won't go there, but that is a, that is a huge step to learn. Yeah, we actually have a on the, not on the podcast feed here, but on the Am Writing Fantasy YouTube channel, there is actually a full um, interview with Chet. I forgot his last name, but he's a line editor. Oh yeah, There's a that full one. episode with him where he's talking about show versus uh, tale. There you go. Uh, so you can find it on the YouTube channel if you're interested. But but it, it's it's a really good conversation, and he explains it in detail. Uh, how to avoid it and what to think about and whatnot. So so that's pretty good. That sounds good. I think for me, one of the first things that I did that I think made a big difference is, I mean, I had spent a few years, I think, querying agents and actually getting some responses, but never really getting an actual agent, never getting a publishing deal. And it was really my husband who actually found an article on self-publishing. And again, this was 2014. So, you know, really ebooks became popular in 2012. So it's only two years in. It was still pretty much an unknown thing. 
And it was interesting because the article was actually about someone else who was also a federal employee, just like I was at the time, and that she was trying self-publishing and her experience. And it was just sort of like what you said. It was so similar to what I'd been doing and what I wanted to do that I think I think he had even mentioned it and other people had mentioned maybe self-publishing. And I had taken two adult ed writing courses, but neither of them had even mentioned self-publishing at the time. It was completely unheard mm. of. They were completely unhelpful. And so it was the fact that he, you know, he recommended it and I read it and it was so similar to what I was doing. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing that. And it was, I think that was December. I remember it being right before Christmas. So that was December at the time. And I said, yeah, I'm going to give this a go. And it took until February to get everything ready and to figure out how to get everything ready. But it was because (laughs) of um, my husband and him sharing that article that I actually became a self-published author in early 20, actually, so no, early 2012. That's sorry, that's when I first published Born of Water. So right at the beginning of the eBooks. Um, yeah, I think that was just phenomenal. And I think I would have totally waited a couple more years and kept querying agents if he hadn't ever pointed that out to me and got me going. Yeah, that, that's good. Uh, and I guess that was also back when well, I, yeah, maybe some people could argue that it's still a bit the case today, but there was a lot more stigma around self-publishing back then. Oh, yes. And we can get into if we want to switch to the bad side of self-publishing in 2012. Um, I will say that is my first bad response. So you go ahead with yours. <laughs> okay. Well, I think my bad one is, is, is about expectations because... It's, again, one of those things where you know it, but you don't know it. (laughs) Because I think I came into the writing journey with not completely unrealistic, but slightly unrealistic Mm. expectations (laughs) on how fast I could grow an income from Mm -hmm. it. Um, I was thinking like, yeah, you know, two years maybe, then everything should be fine. (laughs) Uh, it's like, yeah, right. You know, you get you get wiser. <laughs> um, and and I think this line of thinking actually to just a slight detour here, but but I think this line of thinking about having realistic expectations actually has heavily influenced the um, materials that we created for the free course called Self Publishing oh, yeah. Success that we're going to release later this year. I'm going to talk quite a lot about that in the first modules of that course. Um, because it's so important that it, it, I don't know, for me, I mean, I'm pretty stubborn minded, you know, when I, when I want to do something, I'm going to do it. Right. So it's not like it demotivated me, but it could feel at times like frustrating when I was looking at the monthly revenue and it was like, what the fuck, this is, I mean, if you, if I looked at the percentage, then it was a nice number. Right. Like, yeah, we had a 200% growth in revenue this <laughs> month compared to last month, but it's like $1. Right? <laughs> it's like, yes, that is the so, tough one. Uh, I could, of course, uh, proceed to kid myself. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but it's, it never demoted me, uh, me uh, but I think for other people it could. Um, I think, yeah, I think if you don't find just, other motivations... Um, Because I think that's common for everyone. They're hoping they'll make more money, but hopefully something else lights a fire and makes it worthwhile for you. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, there is also the fact around uh, 
it, it's not, I mean, we're not writing books just for money, no. right? I mean, it, it, the, as I said in a YouTube video once, you know, if you're in for this, if you're in, in this for the money, there's a ton of better and much easier way to earn money than <laughs> writing books. So if that was the only motivation, then I would almost say go and do something else instead. Uh-huh. So, of course, we're writing the books because we want to tell the story, but we also want to earn some money from it, right? Um, and it was one of those things where I had heard it many, many times that you need to think about your writing career as something long-term mm-hmm. and you're not going to earn a lot of money very quickly and all that stuff. And I've heard it a lot of time. But still, I didn't take it to heart until I sort of experienced it. So it was one of those things where logically I knew it, but I didn't quite believe it in my heart. Right. I understand that totally. And yeah, I guess until you get there, you just don't know. So that is a expectations is a good, um, good example of the lows. I think yeah. for mine, definitely coming back to it being 2012, late 2011 and most like i said no one was even recommending self-publishing at the time i was up in maine so i'm in this tiny little corner of the united states that i've actually been to other states and people have asked me oh isn't that canada so maine is not (laughs) um, a well-known state even in the united states surprisingly and uh so no one was really supportive there was no one in the community who i could ask questions of and so i did make some of those very typical newbie mistakes even though i had my book I had just taken these courses. I knew a bit about editing. I edited. I had someone else look it over. I published it with still too many errors. It wasn't a good editor. It wasn't a good edit. It was, um, even though I I would say a self-made cover, but I keep thinking I still have self-made covers. But hey, I'm a graphic artist. But my first cover, I hadn't gotten into Photoshop. I did kind of put up something. It wasn't the best cover. Because again, what were you comparing things to in 2012? Uh, you know, the other, there were so few books. I don't even think there were a million yeah, yeah. books on Amazon at the time. Yeah. Uh, despite all that, you know, you could run a promo and you could get 10,000 downloads on a drop of a hat. It was so fascinating and so much fun. It was, I, I, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think back then, actually, it didn't matter as much no. what the cover looked like. No, it really didn't. I, I refer to those days now as the Wild West of the indie publishing yeah. world because it was anything goes and you could shoot to the top, you could shoot to the bottom. Oh, it was. <laughs> tons of fun and just absolutely crazy crazy times but yeah those were definitely some of my mistakes because i just didn't have the advice and i you know again that's what's led to some of our classes and courses and everything else or is because the stuff just wasn't available there was no advice on the web there was no help at all and even some of the publishing companies i talked to i ended up using a publishing company in maine and uh, they helped people you know do print books but didn't help people at the time do ebooks and when i explained what i was doing they're like really you can do that i mean when you look stephen king in maine basically started the ebook revelation in 2008 when he published uh, something that you could only get online he is the start of this and yet i had main publishers who were going you want to do what and I, I don't know. I guess I could help you edit it. <laughs> it was so unhelpful. <laughs> so that was definitely my low side as I started so early and in such a little weird corner of the world that even though it was very literary, Stephen King, I mean, seriously, he was a town away. Um, just the help support and writers groups uh, were just not there. And that was really difficult. Yeah. But there, there is actually, believe it or not, but there are still people today 
that doesn't know that you can self-publish on sites like Amazon and stuff like that. It still exists. And there's still some people who just poo-poo it and say, no, it doesn't matter unless I end up being you know, published by a big brick and mortar. And I'm like, well, okay, no, well, that's all right. That, well, yeah, but to me, that's fine. I mean, each to his own. I don't mind how people publish if they self-publish or they think that it's much better to be traditional published. I don't care what whatsoever. They, they can do what they want, but at least they should just be mindful of the decisions that they're making are what it means. And I think to me, I think it's the attitude that it is the only and true and tried way. You know what? No, it's just one way. They're all equally viable. I don't like people looking down on other people. It's just not right. No, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I I think the other thing about it is also that it's not, it's not like a, it's a one time forever decision. Mm -hmm. You know, the decision to self publish or traditional publish, it's also a book by book decision. That's true. I mean, it doesn't have to be so that now I decide that I want to be traditional published. So from now on, all my books are going to be that or or vice versa. Everything is going to be self-published. I mean, you, you can decide what you want to do per book. Uh, so Yeah, and I still think hybrid think, is probably one of the best ways to go. I mean, you get the, both, be- the best of both worlds. Yeah, I think so. But I think you so, got to find the right It's not platform. easy, of course. No, you got to find yeah. the right platform and be in the right spot. And so many other things must align in the stars. Yeah, and you need an agent yeah. as well to be able to do that. So, but, well, that's another story. <laughs> All right, something else, though. What did you, what was another good experience, another high of being uh, your writing journey? Yeah, so my number two of the good ones is uh, by far the best one. (laughs) This one was so easy because uh, there is nothing uh, coming even close to this one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's that? So that is actually teaming up with you, Autumn. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know I made the list. That's so... I have butterflies. (laughs) <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> no but but it's it's true because i i feel like it it's it's just so great working together uh-huh. uh, on both all the nonfiction stuff and all the author related courses and i also you know the community that we're building on the facebook group uh, but also from listeners to this podcast and what all of that is is really great but i think above all of that is it's just the fact that having somebody to work closely together with and, and sort of share all the ups and downs, uh, but also figuring out how, you know, how we want to do things coming up with plans for the future and, and all those different things. I, it's just, it's so much different than if going on, if, if I was going at it alone, I, I, I understand not everybody would want to, you know, be co-author uh-huh. authoring things and doing things together. And that's fine. But at least for me and and the way that I like to work, I, I think it's awesome. Oh, it is. I, w- I definitely concur considering that, um, one, it's my fault. I reached out to you first, but that, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that you're patient with me considering I am truly a high motivated worker, but it seems like since we uh, started working together, I've been traveling full-time, building a cabin, um, had a job, full-time job for a while. I mean, it's been just a crazy journey. I really used to be the steady person in the world. <laughs> and it seems like... It, yeah, well, <laughs> to be fair to yourself, it's only been the last six months or yeah, something. Yeah, well, I think so. But it's been a little little crazy. But we'll, we'll catch up and it's going to be very exciting. But no, considering one of my 
you know, one of my biggest complaints was that I had been going it alone just to learn indie publishing. I think uh, having a partner and having someone else who, especially you like spreadsheets, I like graphic design, it it all works out. I do websites, you do advertising. I mean, we fill in each other's gaps so well. I yeah, don't know how this worked lucky. out. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was not even planned. No. That's just us being lucky. It was. I can still say I thank uh, the hike in Pukawaska National Park in Canada. It was a 10-mile yes. hike out, 10 miles thank back, you. and your name popped up. And I'm like, that's I'm going to send him an email and see if he wants to work yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. And actually, uh, just to mention as well for the listener, uh, back in episode 58, we talked about how to find a writing partner. Yeah. So. If that's something you're interested in, uh, go and listen to that episode. Yeah, and a little bit more of our story as well. Well, since you already claimed yeah. uh, working together, which I definitely think has been a highlight, I will say as a personal author journey, I think one of the moments that made me, there's, I guess I'll combine it into two. There's two moments, moments that really made me, one, fall in love with being an author and how incredibly awesome and cool it is, and one that made me take it even more seriously than I thought I already was. And the first mm. one was I was doing something on Goodreads of all places. And I saw my name listed under somebody's favorite authors. And I just kind of made me realize I am a published author. I mean, I remember like being a teenager and, you know, who Tracy, you know, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, you know, who my favorite authors are, yeah, who I yeah, would list. Yeah. And suddenly my name is listed like, in that same spot. And I mean, it still gives me tingles. I mean, it made me tear up. I, I know I did a screen capture of it and I'm just like, that's, that was it. That was just the moment for me of I'm an author and it's serious. And, and someone actually loves my writing so much. They're saying me, I'm their favorite. So that was so exciting. And that's amazing. Yeah. The other was when I got a critical review from Fantasia reviews and they wrote something incredibly glowing about uh, one of my books, Spark of Defiance. And I think it was one that said, made me kind of say, okay, I, I, you know, I'd written a lot of books at that point and they were doing okay, but sort of like what you'd said, my expectations had been like, yeah, this is, this is making some money, but it's not going to pay for a lavish lifestyle among the stars or anything. This is not, you know, <laughs> this is not going to foot everything I want to do with my life. It's just going to be a part of it. And it kind of, made me say, you know, but this is serious and I'm not putting, people say I'm good. People have said, I'm, other, you know, other people have written to me and emailed me and said I was good. But to have someone who's read thousands of books and a critical reviewer say, you are good, just made me kind of dust off mm. my shoulders, dust off the covers. I ended up redoing all my covers. I redid my blurbs. I got a little bit more professional looking, you know, I did a little revamp because, you know, starting in 2012 in the wild West, you got to kind of take yeah, off yeah, the of desert course. dust. So yeah. 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 Um, and so that, I think that really kind of made me take it all a little bit more seriously and say, this is, this has got to be a certain standard to everything I do. And I really appreciate mm, that's that. That's understandable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I have another bad uh, one yeah. before the last uh, mixed okay. one. <laughs> oh and this one is just like i could bang my head oh, against no. the wall What's this stupid. no but it's like because even when i started i already knew it oh. and then i did it anyway oh no uh, <laughs> this was when uh i wrote a um, a full book on how to market market books on twitter mm. 
uh, and it's so freaking annoying because <laughs> I even when I started writing it, I just knew that writing a book about some sort of social media platform is like the worst plan in the world because the social media platforms change all the time and what you write today will be out of date tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and uh, I did it anyway. I took all the time that it took to write the books. I I even created like, um, there was a lot of like how to set different things up. So I even recorded screen share mm. videos about click here, click there kind of thing. With There was linked to each video inside. So, so it, it was like a very comprehensive book. I mean, it would teach you everything you needed to know step by step, showing you videos along the way. It was, in that sense, it was great. Right. Um, and people loved it. Where, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like a month after I published it, then Twitter changed the terms of service. So the bedrock of the entire strategy that the book was built on disappeared because the service that I was using to make everything work had to close shop because Twitter changed the terms of condition there. So that went out the window and then was like, oh, okay, great. So everything that this, uh, you know, paid for the, for the uh, editing of the book and all that stuff, all the time that went into it, it's just like out the window in five oh. minutes. And I was like, this is so fucking stupid because I knew it was going to happen sooner or later, right? right. Uh, and I should just, so, yeah. I, I feel at least I did the right thing in the end because I actually unpublished it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see a lot of books on Amazon that is out of date for sure, that is still up there and people are still selling them. And, and I don't know. I just feel like that's cheating the <laughs> the reader. Like it is, it's not fair selling people a book, even if it's just $5 or something, but it's not fair selling a book where you as the author already know that the content inside is, is not, it's not possible to follow the strategy anymore. Right. So I just felt like that that's not fair and that's certainly not what I want to do. So I actually unpublished it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just so annoying because all the time that went into writing it, recording all those videos, paying for editing and all that stuff. It's just like, my God. Yeah, I remember you, we were talking at that point. We were, I don't know if we were started working together, but we were at least communicating enough. I remember the struggles you went through with that one and little tweaks. Yeah, I was I, so yeah. annoyed with myself. Uh- <laughs> It was, I I mean, but it's so easy. I mean, it seemed like Twitter was stable for, at the time, it seemed like Twitter had been stable the way you were using it for a year. And that seemed, that's ages oh, yeah. in time. It worked really yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely, uh, yeah, it's an easy trap to get yourself sucked into, I guess. Yeah, so for everybody listening, if you have an idea about writing a, a book about how to do some social media stuff, just save yourself the effort and don't do it <laughs> it's it's so annoying when you end up figuring out that everything you just made is out of date yes oh i think for me and this is actually one i thought you were going to choose as one of your worst so i don't know if it's your um the next thing you'll say or not but i was going to say piracy and oh okay no oh. because i don't i no well just to give a ref- quick reflection on that before you elaborate uh-huh. on on why you pick that one but because in general i don't see it as a big problem uh, okay. uh, i mean i i understand that people people do pirate books and and that happens all the time i i do understand that but my line of thinking for the most part is like the people who are pirating pirating books and downloading pirated books are not going to buy my books anyway so honestly i don't care 
I mean, I will say I will send the takedown notice when I when I notice it, but I'm not losing any sleep over no, it. And th- so I'm sorry for that uh, interruption. There, <laughs> it's all right. My line of thinking. But see, I think we've definitely, especially having matured, I think it's become um, something we both share that view. Because I, I mean, my biggest joke now, you've got to have a sense of humor about this, is that you're pirating a book that sells for like one I'm giving away, um, and other ones that are like two ninety nine, three ninety nine. You. Really, if you're going to go steal something and try to resell it, there's all. I think my jigsaw is worth more than the book. Of course, the book you can kind of keep reselling. And the true cost of piracy, I think, is a lot of people are doing the, hey, sign up to get this. So they're actually stealing the email addresses or possibly trying to get you to log into the site and create an email. And then they're getting this password and they're going to try that password and your email address and all these other places. It's going to be on the dark web. So that's why you're supposed to always change your password. Because once they get a hold of one of your passwords, they're going to try your email and password combination everywhere. So you got to be careful. Yeah. And I hate knowing my books are used that way. But I definitely have had a few people who have come to me and said, oh, by the way, did you know your book's available here? And it's like, you know, you go to Google and you say, this is not authorized. This is not a real website. Please take it down. And it gets tiring because I do try to at least stamp it out because it bothers me to know the end result of what they're trying sure. to do. For sure. But it is yeah, crazy. Sure. And it is funny, though. I will say it's not really piracy, but I do actually know that since I published my book, someone else came out with the exact same title. And she's a great author and she's doing really well. And it's a different book, a different cover, but there is something just kind of like you had to name it that I, <laughs> I was there first, but you don't, we don't copyright yeah, well. titles. You got to get over that one pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I was just about to say, even, even when we write our fiction, I'm, I don't intend to sit and check Everything. all the books on Amazon to check if somebody has the same time. I mean, it, it can easily happen oh, coincidental, right? So. Yes, especially when you're doing elemental magic. I mean, eventually someone's going to come up with the same title you are, but oh, well, but definitely uh, piracy still bothers me. I just wish the world was a different place. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, it's an it's annoying. <laughs> but at least uh, from those pirated sites, uh, as you as you said, uh, a lot of the time they actually trick you to so you download malware and stuff yes. like that. So uh, I hope those people who are then stealing by downloading pirated stuff are going to learn their lesson <laughs> when their computer gets corrupted. So yeah, just go buy the maybe books, you shouldn't do that again. Support the authors, yeah. please. Spend two dollars and support the author, please. please. So uh, that, that's how to that's how you should be behaving. Yes, please. <laughs> but of course, that doesn't reply, apply to any of our listeners because they're all authors, so they get this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you're on okay. your plus and minus combined. I have one as well. Oh, yeah. So what is yours? And don't make me guess it because I don't have a clue. No, okay, I won't okay. let you guess it. Then we'll be here the rest of the day. Um, so. <laughs> this is a blessing and a curse in one. Okay. So this is basically when I started out, uh, apart from writing, I also spent quite a lot of time focusing on learning how to market books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was listening to podcasts. I was reading nonfiction books. I, I remember actually I recorded a YouTube video about it uh, years back. It's still on the YouTube channel somewhere. Uh, and I think in that video, I listed out like 20 or 30 books or something that I read on marketing. Um, I also took Mark Dawson's ads for authors course and I watched YouTube videos with Brandon Sanderson's classes uh, in it. No. So just like everything that I could absorb, I did. Mm-hmm. 
And on one hand, I think it was good because it did help me in the long term. You know, I, I sort of probably avoided some of the early pitfalls because I, for instance, I learned that I had to set up an email list from the beginning, uh-huh. which I did, which was good. Um, but at the same time, I also have to say that all the time that I put into learning how to market books when I was still writing my first book, oh. it was not a good use <laughs> of time. I should, you know, if I spent the same time just writing instead, I could probably have probably had had more than one trilogy out now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's sort of it's good and bad. It, it's not like I want to say I want to. I would not do it if I had to do it again, but. I do understand that I spend a lot of time on it that could have been spent on writing. And at least when you're starting out, it's better just to write some books (laughs) (laughs) and then learn marketing later when you have like at least three or four books. Yeah, that's probably very true and definitely good advice. And I have to say, even as a author with as many books out as I have, that there's still times I'm like, gosh, I'm wasting my time. I'm building a cabin. I could be writing or... I could be, if I was more serious on graphic design, I could have learned this, this, and this, and this now by now. But there are only so many things in the day. And you know what? Life is not all about just my nose to the grindstone. Occasionally, I have to go for a walk with my husband and the dog, or they might not be there in the morning. <laughs> Life keeps getting in the way. What's going on? It does. kind of reminds me every once in a while that it's not all about fantasy worlds and characters in my head. Hmm. So my plus and minus is going to sound like a total minus, but it actually had a plus, even though I would never do it again on purpose, was that I was writing, I used to write all the time on my iPad, and I was writing Mm -hmm. one time, and uh, we went to back up my iPad, and I had, actually it was a new software update, was went through on my iPad, and I hadn't backed up my story before we started it, and I lost 10 chapters, 10, 10, 10, 10. Jesus. And it was my second book. So I had one book It's like 30,000 words oh, or something. Oh, easily. I mean, it was, I think that book, it's Rule of Fire, and it was, I think, 110,000 words. I don't know how many chapters, but it's at least a third of the book. About a third of the book I lost in one go. Oh, my God. And it was, again, I remember it was December. I remember the dates pretty good that way. And it was just gut-wrenching because it was book number two. So yeah. I was only had published one. I kind of knew I really wanted to do a trilogy. I'm still all new and wet behind the ears and you lose a third of your book. And I was only, you know, I was about halfway through it. So I lost the major chunk of my book. And I, um, it was that moment of, am I going to be serious about this? Am I going to be a writer? Am I going to sit down and, and fix this and rewrite it? Or am I going to just give up and say, well, I tried and it didn't work out and life, life threw me a curveball and I just ducked and ran. So no, obviously, 16 books later, I sucked it up, said, you know what, just give me a week, don't bother me. I am going to take Christmas break and I am going to rewrite those 10 chapters. And I did. Ass in the seat and stop writing. Yep. <laughs> Sat down, wrote them, and I actually think they came out better, which is really kind of funny. Oh, that's good. Yep. Yeah. But I would never do, I would never delete 10 chapters on purpose again. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> Especially one of our books. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I think that was some uh, good and bad things about our author journey. So yeah. uh, hopefully the listener will get something out of that. Yeah. Hopefully at least they can uh, see that there are goods and bads in every journey and hopefully, Hey, share, you know, some of yours in the comments. It'd be really great to hear them. 
Yeah, that would be cool. Or in the in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook oh, yeah. group uh, shared there as well. That, that would be nice. So uh, all of them, I'm thinking if I get some music uh, playing, then maybe you can talk us out yes. here from this episode. Absolutely. So next up, we are going to have a secret surprise interview on our next episode. So please come back and stay tuned. Or maybe it'll be the two of us. Who knows? <laughs> If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on patreon.com slash amwritingfantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday. <laughs>